On this episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast, we have Carter York, who is the top affiliate marketer in the health and wellness space for Digistore. He was able to generate over 8 million in sales in November and December of 2020, which is absolutely epic. We dive into how we got started, how we kind of built these connections to kind of really provide value with one another for other affiliate marketers. But hey, if you're in the affiliate marketing realm, you do not want to miss this one. Tons of talk on bankroll, networking, scaling ads. So buckle up. Let's do it. What happened was I would meet different affiliates in these Facebook groups and Reddit groups and things like that. And I'd say, you know, hey, man, I'm making $100 profit a day on this. You're making $100 profit more or less on like what you're doing. Like, let's combine forces, share what we're each doing. And now we can both be making $200 profit a day. Um, from there, month over month, as I was gaining more value, I could actually provide more value in exchange. So I was networking with larger and larger affiliates. And uh, what really blew up for me was about September or October, I linked up with some other guys that were doing some big affiliate numbers. Um, they like to stay, stay incognito, so I don't really want to drop their name on the call. But um, they told me a couple years ago their biggest profit days on weight loss were uh, you know, they said, oh, yeah, I did about a 170K profit in one day with these weight loss offers before a couple years ago. So they definitely knew what they were doing. This was me back when I was a small fish. I think my best. You're listening to the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend. You'll hear about what's working for them today, their rich ads, and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. This is your host, Zach Johnson, and I'm with Mr. Dylan Carpenter. Dylan, you ready to talk about some affiliate marketing today? I'm always ready, man. I am just, I don't know anything about it. So, I mean, the more I learn, the better it gets, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, today's guest is the number one Digistore affiliate in the world. Not in Austin, not in Texas, not in the United States in the world out of 25,000 active affiliates. He's also the number one weight loss affiliate has an amazing story. Literally in less than 12 months went from, uh, I think selling newspapers or doing wait, waiting tables, uh, to spending over a million a month in, in Q4, uh, this last year. And I've never seen anybody kind of, uh, <laughs> rise to the ranks that fast. So, Without further ado, let's let's get on our guest, Carter. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, tell us all your secrets. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I am super impressed, man. Congrats on all the success. Um, and uh, maybe for those of that uh, that haven't heard of, of your story, if they're not in the underlings or the um, the elusive affiliate marketing space. Tell everybody a little bit about what you're up to a year ago and uh, what you're up to now. Yeah, man, essentially um, kind of like every other affiliate marketer I've spoken to, it seems like nobody really started out with the intention of becoming an affiliate marketer, uh, probably mainly because nobody has really ever heard of it outside of the community. But 
what essentially happened for me was I always had a business oriented mindset. I knew I wanted to work for myself, make my own hours, uh, pretty much earn my own dollar. And to do that, I, after graduating college, I started, you know, serving tables. I started kind of doing some sales on the side, which uh, as you can imagine, isn't really working for yourself, but it did give me the ability to make my own hours to kind of take off time and travel when I wanted. Um, I transitioned from waiting tables into mainly just selling newspaper subscriptions in 2018, which as you can imagine, selling a physical newspaper subscription to people in 2018 was not an easy task to accomplish. Um, not to mention it was very soul crushing because they just had me stand at a little kiosk in the grocery store, uh, and try to stop people as they're walking in through the door and ask them if they want to buy a newspaper subscription, which, uh, as you can imagine, 99% of the people would say no, or tell me to leave them alone or something like that. So, um, it wasn't an ideal situation for me. So what happened was I would spend most of my time at the office, actually, um, instead of working, I would browse Reddit and look across a bunch of different, you know, money making subreddits, like the entrepreneur subreddits, things like that. And what I finally came across was I saw some guys talking about something called affiliate marketing, uh, where they were talking about, oh, I made $500 today, just sitting in my bed on my laptop. And uh, I was like, well, that's incredible. How can I get into something like that? So essentially what I did was I spent the next couple of weeks at work just constantly annoying guys on Reddit that I'd never met in my life. I just message them, basically say, hey, man, I see you're killing it doing this. Like, uh, I don't know how to do any marketing by any means, but I do have a lot of free time. I have a lot of ambition. I'd be willing to essentially do whatever work you want for free in exchange for you teaching me how to do this. <laughs> Um, about half the people would say no or not even respond until eventually I found this guy who said, yeah, man, I'd love to teach you how to do it. The one caveat is I'm starting this digital marketing agency and I'm moving out to Thailand from San Diego next week because I'm trying to bootstrap the business and start it uh, with a limited budget. So right after he messaged me that, I essentially left on my lunch break from work and I sent my work an email and I said, Hey guys, like, thanks for the opportunity, but I'm not coming in anymore. Um, something <laughs> else came up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and uh, I was still living at home uh, at my mom's house at the time when I was like 24. And I couldn't afford a ticket to Thailand or anything like that. So what I did was uh, I was a big nerd back then. I had a Nintendo 64 collection and I essentially sold <laughs> it all on eBay and uh, bought a plane ticket. Flew out to Thailand. I'd never met the guy before I got out to Thailand, so it was kind of risky. But And when was this? What year is this? It was, this was 2018, like uh, early wow. to mid-2018. And essentially, once I got out there, um, he put me as like a member on his sales team for the agency because he said, yeah, we have to get clients first. I can't teach you how to run ads until we have clients to actually run ads for. So um, it was kind of a vicious circle where... We were trying to get clients, but we didn't have any results to show. So we couldn't get clients. And because we couldn't get clients, I um, I couldn't learn how to buy ads. So I was out there for about a month or so, a month or two, just kind of floundering. We couldn't really get anything going. So I, um, for a couple of nights, I was considering, you know, just packing everything up and heading back home and like cutting my losses or should I stay and try to stick this out? Um, 
interestingly, about that time, my sister called me and said, hey, uh, you got a call from the bone marrow donation center. Apparently, you signed up in college like three years ago to be a bone marrow donor, and you just got a match with somebody with leukemia. So uh, if you can if you could come back home, like they need your bone marrow right now. Uh, so I took that as a good enough sign to get out and go home. <laughs> uh, so the timing was perfect on that. And I, I mean, not for the person. I'm just kidding. Uh, doing but, bone marrow. Let's uh, just talk but, about that. Let's just talk about your affiliate commission for the bone uh, marrow. You don't, make, <laughs> you don't make any money donating bone marrow. Actually, it's it's more of a voluntary thing, I believe. Oh, but, um, good for you. enough, man. when I got back home. Um, they took my blood tests and everything. And then they said, Hey, actually we found a different match for this bone marrow. So you didn't even need to come back. <laughs> so, but I'm actually glad I had the excuse to come back. Cause I probably would have floundered out there for a few more months, just spinning my wheels. Um, so I didn't get what I needed out of the Thailand trip in the media buying sense. But mm. what I did learn was how to network very well because doing sales, I figured out, where all the media buyers are hanging out. I figured out, you know, where I can go to contact other people that are already killing it. Um, and essentially from there, I got on the Facebook ad buyers job board. Shout out to Tim Bird, the owner of that group on Facebook. Um, <laughs> and basically from there, I found a job with an agency that was, uh, I worked there for probably about six months just doing project management and things like that on the agency side. Um, it paid the bills. Again, I had the hopes of learning media buying, still didn't really learn much media buying from there. But again, I was making some connections. And then I went back to my roots. I went back to Reddit and just started annoying people again to teach me affiliate marketing. Um, mm-hmm. And I found a guy who got on a call with me. Originally, apparently his, atten- his intentions were to sell me coaching services for $600 an hour. Uh, <laughs> he didn't tell me when we got on the call. But uh I didn't have, again, I didn't have any money, man. So he was barking up the wrong tree, but I essentially convinced him. uh, We just got along great. And I convinced him to just teach me for free for like a month. (laughs) And then uh, he taught me, I got into weight loss affiliate a little bit from there. This was back in um, October or November of 2018. So a little over a year ago or uh, 2019, I'm sorry. This was all in 2019, October or November of 2019, a little over a year ago. um, He taught me how to run some weight loss ads I made my first hundred dollars profit in a day within like a week. And I mean, no matter how much I make now, it's not going to rival the feeling of, you know, making that first profit online and actually confirming that it was, you know, actually feasible for me to do this. Uh, From there, within about a month, I went up to about 1K profit a day selling auto insurance ads on Snapchat. (laughs) And then I ran Snapchat mostly for the next six months or so. And then as of about, I'd say, August or September, I had about 60, 80K in the bank to my name. Um, I got into weight loss again on Facebook. And from there, kind of just skyrocketed. So I, even though I was doing affiliate for about the last year, it's really blown up over the last three months or so. Like I said, I had about 80K in my name in, uh, in about September, October. And then over November and December, I did about $8 million in sales. and about 5 million of that was take home commissions with uh, a site called Digistore. So it's really awesome, blown up man. over the last, uh, the last three months or so. That's great. Uh, congrats on, on that journey and, um, and just being able to spot an opportunity and, uh, and scale the way you did, right. There's plenty of people that have 
similar stories all the way up until there's a winning offer and the way you responded and scaled up as quickly and as aggressively as you did. Um, you know, there's, that's a really big differentiation between you and 25,000 other affiliates that like <laughs> don't scale that aggressive, right. They don't have that risk appetite. So right. let's get into that a little bit. Like what, uh, what got into you in October where you're just like, yeah, we're going to go from like uh, spending whatever you're spending a day to uh, just going gangbusters. Uh, essentially for about the year leading up to that, I was just slowly networking with different guys. And as you can imagine back when I was making a hundred dollars profit a day, there wasn't too many large affiliates that really wanted to give me the time of day. But what happened was I would meet, different affiliates in these Facebook groups and Reddit groups and things like that. And I'd say, you know, Hey man, I'm making a hundred dollars profit a day on this. You're making a hundred dollars profit more or less on like what you're doing. Like let's combine forces, share what we're each doing. And now we can both be making $200 profit a day. Um, from there month over month, as I was gaining more value, I could actually provide more value in exchange. So I was networking with larger and larger affiliates. And uh, what really blew up for me was about September or October. I linked up with some other guys that were doing some big affiliate numbers. Um, they like to say, stay incognito. So I don't really want to drop their name on the call, but um, <laughs> they told me a couple of years ago, their biggest profit days on weight loss were, uh, you know, they said, Oh yeah, I did about a 170 K profit in one day with these weight loss offers before a couple of years ago. So they definitely knew what they were doing. This was me back when I was a small fish. I think my best, I don't want to say small fish, but my best profit day at that point was probably like 10 or 20 K profit in a day. Um, but from there, we kind of just masterminded bounce ideas back and forth on this weight loss thing. And um, from there, I, within a month or two, I had my first hundred uh, K profit day. Since then I've probably done uh, like five to eight days that were between a hundred and 150 K profit in a day each. Wow. Um, it's uh, usually on the weekends, but it's it's been pretty consistent across the last November and December. Um, and then the other thing from there, I just didn't have much cash on hand at the time because, like I said, in the affiliate world, I was still kind of a small fish. So um, what really made the difference for me was these guys that were killing it on weight loss in the past, they essentially offered to bankroll me, um, meaning they were giving me I think they were giving me about 400 K a week in ad spend with the agreement that I would give them back the 400 K at the end of the week when I got paid from the weight loss companies. And I'd also on top of that, give them a 5% interest. So they give me 400 K I'd flip it into, you know, 800 K a million or whatever at the end of the week. And then they would give me, or I'd give them back $420,000 at the end of the week. Uh, and then they'd funnel another 400K through the company. So they're essentially letting me churn that same 400K. And that really made all the difference because um, you can grow it exponentially higher if you have way more money to invest in it. And I was in a really yeah. good situation where the opportunity was a lot larger than my bankroll could support. So I was really grateful that yeah. they were able to help me out with that. And then as of right now, my bankroll's caught up enough that I can essentially run it on my own. Um, but that yeah. really made all the difference for me back then when I was trying to scale this up. So for those days you were doing 100 to 150K, what were you putting behind the ad spend out of curiosity? Uh, I was essentially spending on the best days. I was spending, you know, 200K and I'd get back, you know, 300 to 350K. So it was about a 50% to 70% return depending on the day. Um, there were other days where, 
you know, the traffic wasn't as good on Facebook, but I was dead set on, you know, hitting that hundred K mark. So what I would do is I'd blast like three or 400 K in ad spend just to get back, you know, an extra hundred K profit. So, um, but that was the beautiful thing about having this huge bankroll was um, with their help. If I wanted to make more profit, I essentially could just spend more and yeah, the ROI might dip a little bit more, but um, you know, with them only charging a 5% interest fee, as yeah. long as my ROI on that money was 6% or higher, then why wouldn't I just blow up their entire bankroll? Cause it's going to come back in my account at the end of the week anyway. Man, now Carter, for, you're hey, going to be our, uh, you're going to be our Samuel L. Jackson spokesperson for uh, our ad capital products. <laughs> I'm not exactly it. sure what you mean by that, but I'd be happy to do Dude, that. Samuel L. Jackson is like repping uh, Capital One all the time, man. He's oh, really? like, what's in your um, wallet? Now, out of curiosity, now with, with you running the ads on Facebook and Snapchat, do you just make generic pages for these or they come from the brand page? Like for someone who doesn't know too much about this, do you just mock a page, make it look legit and boom, start the ads? Yeah, you're essentially just making a mock fan page. So when you're an affiliate, they actually don't want you stealing their brand name or something. Like if mm -hmm. I was selling, um, when I'm selling uh, these weight loss products, they definitely don't want you actually like representing their name on your fan pages because as you can imagine, there's <laughs> some people who are promoting this in really sleazy ways and they don't want their name attached to it. But um, what's worked the best is instead of making it look like it's an advertisement page, what works the best is making it look like it's a health and fitness blog for moms or that it's written by some, you know, 40, 50 year old woman that's behind the page instead of, uh, you know, using my profile picture or something like that. It's just always worked better to, um, you know, make the fan page look like it was created by a member of the audience that I'm targeting. Man. Yeah. That's okay, interesting. So I have a question. What was the bankroll? Like, what was your strategy like pre getting bankrolled? um you know from these other affiliates or investors was it uh was you just were you just rotating through credit cards were you doing debit cards what was the i was rotating strategy? through i think i had about 20 or 30 amex gold cards that i have uh sitting in my desk with a rubber band wrapped around it right now um the beautiful thing about those amex cards when you have the business card you can add up to 100 employee cards on them and um just by Pure happenstance, all my employees and my business happen to also be named Carter York. So I have about 30 uh, Amex gold cards that all say Carter York on it. So I was cycling through those, you know, running up the credit, things like that. Um, and though Amex says that their cards are no limit, what they really mean is it's a dynamic limit that keeps raising as you pay things off. So they weren't raising the limit fast enough for what I was trying to spend. Um, so that's kind of where the bankroll guys came in and they could you know, start oh. pre-funding my ad accounts and things like that. My gosh. Okay, Carter, I want to pause right, like right there. Exactly what you just said. I want to point out is like when people talk to us about ad card, you know, one of the big questions they have is just like, is this lipstick right for just like another card? And what you just said in terms of like a lot of credit cards don't increase limits fast enough for how quickly advertising moves. And so when we look at accounts and we look at people applying for ad card, we're looking at it on a, their performance on a daily basis. And that is uh, the big difference of how we're able to give people, you know, the high limits that we're able to give and scale those limits faster 
Whereas like most of these guys are looking at, do you own a house? What's your FICO? And what was your revenue like 12 months ago? Which is not all three of those are not relevant for, uh, you know, your ad spend going into Black Friday. Right. Yeah, man. But, uh, funnily I enough, that. I actually went to the bank before I found these bankroll guys with the intention of, you know, getting a loan of 500K or something like that. And uh, I've been mm. in the affiliate world so, so long that I forgot how like that the real bank world works. And I went in there asking for a loan and they said, okay, what collateral do you have? Like <laughs> I have, I literally I rent my house with my roommates. I have, <laughs> yeah, I have nothing. I was like, here, I can show you, I can show you my computer. Like I have all this money coming in here. Look at this. And they're like, dude, that's not anywhere near good enough, man. Like you can't just come in with a picture of, of a dollar amount and say that you're making that and expect us to give you half a million dollars <laughs> with the promise that you're going to pay it back. Like you can't just give us an IOU. Like it doesn't work like that. Oh gosh. This oh. is amazing. Yeah. Good. Just look at my ads. Just look at my ads. <laughs> Did this money yeah, come well, in? <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it works with other affiliates because they understand what's going on. But when I go to, you know, right. Joe, Joe Schmo at the bank, who's 65 years old and doesn't really understand how Facebook works. He doesn't really want to hear right. about it. Yep. Bam. Yep. I love it. No, that's awesome. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's ad card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend in partnership with MasterCard. And if you are an aggressive affiliate dealing with dozens of ad accounts, or you are in gray hat or black hat verticals, such as drop shipping, CBD, or other verticals where you're dealing with ad accounts getting shut down, business managers getting shut down, or even de-platform from platforms like Facebook and Google, then you absolutely need to check out Funnel Dash's ad card. We give you unlimited free virtual debit and credit cards. So you can have a dedicated card for every single ad account campaign. And you can attach any name and address in the US so you have complete anonymity on the card and at the card level. Plus, one of my favorite features is that you don't have to pre-fund or even top off like most typical virtual card solutions today. So if this is you and you're operating these verticals, whether you're an agency or an advertiser, then check out AdCard at FunnelDash.com. So while that's all really good, I would love to hear a nightmare story in the affiliate world that you had to deal with. So what's your poor ad that kind of happened to you or something you thought would kill it, kind of crash and burn possibly? I was I was talking to Zach about this on the call yesterday, but uh, essentially the poor ad, it wasn't so much that the ad was poor. It was just that I was so invested in thinking that it would work that I spent so much more money on it than I should have. So back when I was running Snapchat ads for auto insurance, um, I was I found this video on YouTube of this like overweight guy dancing in the street and like in the background, there was like a low rider car with a hydraulic. So like the front of the car was bouncing up and down off of the ground. And for some reason, I just thought the video was so funny and I invested so much money into it, thinking that people like were going to love it and convert into auto insurance leads. But as you can imagine, people don't really care about buying auto insurance just because they see a picture of a fat guy dancing in front of a low rider. But I convinced myself, you know, Oh, maybe the, the ad text is wrong in the ad. Oh, maybe I need to like have a different landing page, but it was a hundred percent just that I was, I finally had to let go of the video. And to this day, I'm still salty about it. And I still am mad at everybody who uses Snapchat because if it was me, I would have a hundred percent converted on it. But um, that was probably my worst ad, I would say. How much do you sure. lose on that? 
shoot. I mean, back then I was way smaller, but I mean, I, I probably lost about 2k spending on that ad, which at the time was pretty much all the money in my bank account. So I was <laughs> running on credit. So, I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things now, that's not much loss, but that was pretty much a hundred percent of my bankroll back then. So is Facebook probably the best platform for just based off what you've been seeing? Uh, as of right now it is. So the the great thing about Snapchat back when I was doing it earlier this year was the CPMs were, you know, under a dollar and the cost per click was like eight cents, nine cents. So really it converted a lot worse, but the beauty behind Snapchat was that it was so cheap that you yeah. could essentially do a shotgun approach and just blast it to everybody. Uh, the problem now is that Snapchat's audience size isn't, growing fast enough for the amount of people advertising on there. So CPMs have, you know, yeah. more or less quadrupled in that time. So as of right now, yes, Facebook's better, mainly for the scale that I'm doing. You just can't do something like that on Snapchat. On Facebook, there's, you know, my audience size on Facebook I'm running to right now is like 190 million. And on Snapchat, uh, if you do everyone in the US 18 and older, it's already down to like 20 million. So um Facebook has the scalability that just other platforms really can't support. Yeah, that's what I've noticed as well. Because the RCPMs went up from shoot 170 to 320. So yeah, that's on the e-com realm. So it's definitely picked up, but it's still a powerful platform for sure. But what I was going to mention is I know exactly which video you're talking about, I think. Is it the one where he's walking in the cars from the background? He's kind of walking from left to right and it's kind of that cholo walk style. Yep. <laughs> that was my yeah. ad, man. That you I saw, know. yeah. <laughs> that was funny. me. That's been around I want to link to that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll send it. I'll send it to you after the show, Zach. Heck yeah. Well, cool. Well, that is definition of a poor ad on the podcast. So of course the final piece of the pie, we love to kind of meet the crossroads of marketing and the finance side of things. So what kind of financial tip or principle can you kind of share with the audience based off your expertise and experience? Could be business, could be personal. Uh, my main financial tip was essentially just how to find other people to, to bankroll your ads or things like that. Like if you're trying to essentially scale your ads faster than you can support, what worked for me was, uh, you know, reaching out to some other big affiliates that could that could fund my campaigns. A lot of them are going to say no, but eventually you're going to find one that, you know, just has money burning a hole in their bank and they're going to be more than willing to, you know, fund your campaigns if you can show that it's already profitable that's kind of the main caveat is you have to be able to show that you're already getting results because they're not just going to want to give anybody 500 K in a week to spend on ads. If you don't have any proof that it's profitable yet. Um, with that being said, some people might be a little hesitant to do that. Assuming like, Oh, you could just give this person 500 K in ad spend and they could just run off with it. So what I worked out with some people initially was on these affiliate networks, you can put your bank account info where the money is going into your bank account from the affiliate network. And what you can do with these people bankrolling you is essentially just change the routing and account number to their bank account. So after you're getting all this revenue from the ads, they're getting their hands on it first. It's going through their bank account. Mm. They're taking off the ad spend that they loaned you plus the interest, whatever they decide to charge. And then they'll send back whatever profits left over into your account. Uh, that gives them a little bit more safety uh, than just, you know, giving you the money and running off with it. So that's what worked for me. If you can't find anybody to bankroll you, uh, more or less, I've found that sometimes if you're doing a lot of volume on the affiliate network, you can speak to the owner of the network or one of the main guys at the top of the network. And sometimes they'll be more than happy to bankroll you because 
then they're kind of double dipping in the profits, right? Because they're making money from the ad spend that you're sending through their network. And they're also going to make money on the bankroll on top of it. So the more money you can spend, the more money they can make. So I found that if they have the funds to support it, uh, a lot of times they're going to be more than happy to fund your campaigns if it's if it's uh, worth it for them profit-wise. Do you think any of these, like Digistore, for example, if they ended up seeing, hey, this guy's killing it, do, 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 they, do they ever go out of their way to be like, hey, let's go ahead and reach out to this guy, offer him some of this? Or is it more of you have to kind of reach out to kind of showcase that to them essentially? I would say you would definitely have to reach out because it's not really a common practice um, because sense. I think that's kind of the difference that made me pass all the other affiliates on the network was that I found people willing to you know fund my campaigns. Otherwise, you're growing your bankroll way slower because you can only spend what's in your bank account and then you have to wait a week for it to come back into your account. And it's, you know, slowly snowballing. But if you can have someone that injects an extra half a million into your funds, then it's going to grow way faster than that. But if you reach out to, I don't know about Digistore specifically, but I've had other networks in the past where I've spoken to them and they were, you know, they would have been more than willing to bankroll my campaigns as long as. I was running the traffic to their network. They're probably not going to give you the money if you're running it to somebody else's <laughs> network, right? But because um, I yeah. tried that before and they like, hey, we'll bankroll you, man. But like, you have to send it to our stuff. Like, you can't just take our money and pay out for competitors. Yeah. yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I love it. You know, uh, Carter, the, the early um, working name for our ad capital was originally called Fund My Ads. <laughs> uh and that's the thing like we see is like all, all these um networks and investors you know they're partial to you know the offers the networks um and there's we see this you know opportunity to really kind of like sit in the middle where we're neutral on the offers that you're promoting we're also not like a you know, suit and tie bank looking at your, uh, your credit score, um, to fund the, the ad spend. And it is like, you know, for you, like, it just looks like you were, you went from, you got, let's just say you bankrolled in October, right. And you went from, what were you spending before they bankrolled you 400 K a week? What was your weekly spend before that? Uh, so before I got onto bankroll, I was actually running auto insurance for the most part. Um, I would say I was spending maybe anywhere from 10 to 20 K a day at that point. But that was because I was lucky enough to work out a deal with a network that they were paying me twice a week. So I had, you know, maybe 60 to 80 K in my bank account at the time. So I could spend for three days and then get that money back immediately and then flip it again. But um, mm -hmm. I worked out the same deal with the weight loss network where I was getting paid twice a week. But at that point I was trying to spend, you know, 100 to 200 K a day. So I wasn't able to fund it on my own. I could maybe have spent a 25, 30 K a day on ads. But once mm -hmm. these bankroll guys came in, I could start blasting budgets that were, you know, anywhere to 100 to 200 K a day. So it really made all the difference because I could spend six times as much money per day. And you were mm -hmm. able to scale pretty rapidly, it sounds like. Oh, yeah, I scaled, I scaled, um, Honestly, like my media buying style is the sloppiest media buying you're going to ever see in your entire life where I'll find one winning creative, one winning ad text, and I'll just make like a CBO campaign with that. And then to scale up, I'll essentially just click duplicate about 30 times in an account and then just let it run. <laughs> and uh, 
So when I wanted to scale higher on weight loss, the beautiful thing with it was like the ROI was so good that if I wanted to scale higher, all I had to do was either raise the budget of my current campaigns or just duplicate out 30 more campaigns or whatever. So um, my whole, my whole setup structure is literally like I had four weight loss accounts that each one had 30 CBOs in it at a time with a $3,000 a day budget. So Mm. it didn't end up spending the whole thing because I, I turn off about halfway through the day, but it would, I mean, Mm. what is that 90? That's like 360 K worth of ads set up. So it'd spend about, you know, anywhere from like 30 to 50% of that by the end of the day. Man, that's interesting. <laughs> now, when you were uh, doing your your Amex Golds, was it all under one Amex Gold account? And then you were just doing 20 to 30 employee cards? Or did you have like multiple entities with multiple Amex Gold accounts? It was one Amex Gold account. And the reason that I had 20 to 30 cards is because when I was warming up accounts, once they get uh, banned, you can only use one credit card number per. I mean, there's mm-hmm. not really a, a set number, but everyone has their own theory of what it is. But after you get through like three or five accounts getting banned with one credit card, uh, your card's going to get blacklisted and you basically won't be able to use that card anymore. So uh, after I'd get four or five ad accounts burned, I would uh, just put a Sharpie with like an X over that card. I just Sharpie giant X over the card and then I'd move on to the next one and just plug that credit card number in. Um, so wow. that was, that was the old school days of uh, just churning through some credit cards. I don't really want to say old school. Cause that was what four or five months ago, but it feels <laughs> like a million years in the affiliate world. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's still relevant for a ton of folks. You, you'd laugh. I mean, I've seen guys when they're applying for ad card for virtual cards, I've seen them pull out those like old school, um, like contact Rolodexes where they have like 99 cards and they're like A through Z. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, um, they're, they were, they were, this was like the hack before, like, you know, virtual cards are, are becoming more prevalent, but like this was the heck for years yeah. of just like employee cards. Um, but gosh, that it's a whole system, right? Like you have to have your spreadsheets, you got to have your Sharpie, you got to know how many times it got, you know, it gets banned. <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh. That's man. exactly what it was. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Well, amazing stuff, man. So tell everybody a little bit about what's next for you, how we can support you and what are your big plans for this year? What's next for me is essentially, uh, as I said before, I had uh, too big of an opportunity and not enough bankroll for it. And it's kind of flipped on its head where now I have too much bankroll and I'm looking for more opportunities. So uh, essentially, I need to get back to my roots again and get out there and start networking and try to find some other larger affiliates. Um, If any large affiliates are listening to this podcast, don't feel... uh, ashamed to message me and try to network with me because I'm always looking for some new guys to run some stuff with. Um, so the next move is trying to take this bankroll and uh, start investing it into some, some other things and see if I can grow it even larger than these weight loss campaigns that I'm running. Hell yeah. You think you'll just like only invest in your own <clears throat> like media? Like you think you'll just be, um, yeah. Like, I mean, now that you've, you went from whatever uh, 80,000 to your name to now over, you know, seven figures. Like, how do you think about, um, you know, that cash for in terms of like banking rolling yourself? Like, do you think you'll just like throw it all back into media? Um, 
you think you'll it's like some guys they don't reinvest right they're just like yank it all out and they're right. in the same position that they were like four or five months right. ago so what are your uh what are your thoughts there yeah so so what i've what i've found is investing in affiliate marketing campaigns is pretty much the biggest return you can get quickly uh the the trick is finding more things that you can actually invest that whole bankroll in. Like as your bankroll gets bigger, it gets harder and harder to invest the whole stack into, into your ads. Right. So um, it's all very, very new to me because as I said, last year, I, I think I made between serving tables and selling newspapers, I probably made 20 or 25 K the whole year. So um, I never really had to have a financial mindset because I was using all my money just to survive. So um I'm starting to look into some investments and things like that, but it's completely new to me. I've spoken to some people who are recommending, uh, you know, put a million in index funds and like a million in this other thing. And if if you do that, you're essentially, if everything goes south, you'll be set up for life where you can just live off of the annual return from that with passive income. So uh, I need to look a little bit more into that, but um, the quickest, I mean, the quickest move is to be find something that you can, you know, flip your money every couple of weeks, like you can with affiliate marketing, which uh, to my knowledge, I've yet to find something else that you can do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking for it, but I mean, I'm going to keep riding the affiliate marketing train until it, until it eventually burns out. So. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love it. I love it. Carter is amazing, man. I appreciate you just kind of sharing your whole story, sharing some of the numbers. You've been an amazing guest. Tell everybody how uh, people can get in touch and uh, reach out. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to reach out to me, you can either email me at carterjamesyork at gmail.com, all one word, or you can add me on Facebook. My name is just Carter York on Facebook or on Skype. My Skype name is uh, Spooky Carter. No spaces. (laughs) So you can find me on Skype like that, too. (laughs) I love it. I love it. There you go. Thanks so much, Carter. so much for listening to another episode of the rich ad poor ed podcast if you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go go ahead and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify youtube and richadpoored.com slash podcast and if you absolutely love the show go ahead and leave a review and a comment share with a friend if you do take a copy screenshot of it email me zach at funnel-com show me you left a review and i'll give you a free copy of the rich ad poor ed book to learn more about the book go to richadpoored.com to leave a review, go to richadpored.com slash review. Thanks again.